Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Laura Defov, who is a geologist challenger at BP. Hi, Laura. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So let's first start off with an introduction as to who you are and perhaps a main answer to the question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? That's that's great. Thank you so much. I think the answer to why should I care is I feel that I my story is kind of an underdog story. So I haven't always done things well or exactly as they should be. I, I don't feel like I've always had successes. It's not a, an easy just straight line. Sometimes there are downfalls. Sometimes you need to pick yourself back up. And I hope that I can inspire others to see that people aren't perfect. But if you try hard, work hard, have dedication, and a little bit of luck, which uh, I'd like to define at some point, then you can absolutely do it. Um, Yeah, so I guess I can give you a little bit of background on who I am, and then how, how I did it. So Basically, I grew up in Houston, Texas, which is a big energy uh, city, and I was kind of around it via my dad, who works in the oil and gas industry, but I never thought to join it. I wanted to be an artist when I was growing up because I had kind of the drawing and painting talent for it. But then when I started my bachelor's at UT Austin, I went into business because I wanted one of those you know, practical degrees that can be applied anywhere. And... I still felt I hadn't quite found my passion, something that gets me out of bed early in the morning that I can work long hours for and something I felt that I can do every day. So I was very fortunate because halfway through my freshman year at UT Austin, there was a geologist, a a manager in geology at ConocoPhillips who overheard my story and how I have strengths in art, math, and science. And she said, well, that's exactly what's needed for geology. Why don't you um, why don't you tell her that she should try out geology? My father. So he told me and I grabbed coffee with this woman and she just had this spark in her eyes. I mean, she was so fulfilled and excited about what she does. She got to travel a lot and felt really intellectually stimulated all the time. And when she described what she does on a daily basis, it, it sounded really fun to me, especially the fact that you can draw in it. So I was thinking, okay, that could be, that could be fun. And I still remember my first intro geology class. I mean, I remember seeing slices of the inside of the earth in the first lecture and I was there front and center, front row, 8 a.m. every day. And I wasn't a morning person back then. I would always try to answer questions. I eventually worked in the professor's lab because it was very competitive to transfer into geology it was about a 14% acceptance rate. And I really wanted to make sure I made it happen because I knew I found my passion. So that all, I mean, I guess the rest is history. I transferred in. I worked hard. Um, basically, I did three research projects in my bachelor's and published, co-published two research papers in scientific journals. And I think that that may be what set me apart uh, because then I was interested in going to graduate school And I was told by grad students and professors alike that I should go straight for a PhD Mm -hmm. because essentially I've practically done a couple of master's theses via the research I did outside of classes. So 
basically I decided, okay, I'll do a PhD program. I ended up doing a research internship at Stanford in my third year, and I absolutely loved it there. I loved the the students, the professor I worked for. It was a very interesting project, and I felt like I really grew in in my abilities. And so I applied to Stanford for my PhD. Luckily, I got accepted with the same professor, and I got to continue that journey. So I went ahead and skipped the master's, and then I decided um, near the end to graduate about a year early from my PhD. And now I got hired by BP, formerly British Petroleum, to work as a geologist in the three-year training program. And it's really exciting. And I, I love it so far. I'd say I still have passion for what I do. And uh, I guess back to the question, that's a little bit of background on me now. And it's a little bit of how I did it. But I want to reiterate that hard work and dedication and luck are important because someone told me that you can have natural talent, but it won't ever beat someone who works harder than you. Basically, hard work is kind of the foundation. It gets you to the 90%, um, let's say on an exam, it gets you to the 90% if you work hard. You know, sometimes if you have natural talent, it gets you that extra 5%, but without the hard work, you're not getting up there. So that's very important. And a little bit of luck helps only because I've been told over and over uh, that luck is the, I mean, you know, the cliche saying it's the hard work combination of opportunity and preparation for hard work. So basically, if you are doing whatever you can to prepare yourself for your future, doors will open that you may not even expect were going to open. You may have this dream or vision in your head. At least that's been the case for me. I I had visions and dreams and then things happened out of nowhere that I didn't expect and I was able to grab them and I was very, I feel very lucky for that. But again, I defined what luck really is. And for example, halfway through my bachelor's, I didn't even know what Stanford was. I didn't know it was the university. And then a year later I end up there. So it's just really surprising sometimes. Awesome. Well, thank you for that little introduction about yourself. And it seems that you had some really inspiring people in your life who really pushed you to explore this geology sector. So I'm curious, aside from school, because you mentioned you studied a little in bachelor's and then you also went on to do a um, doctorate as well. But I'm curious, what would you say were the best resources that helped you along the way? I'd say the best resources were mentors, advisors, colleagues, and Google. Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, yes, there are materials in classrooms, there's textbooks, assignments, uh, teaching assistants, but I really think that you need to push beyond those and ask questions and have curiosity and utilize this amazing resource, Google, that's at your fingertip, even Google Scholar that shows you research papers and studies uh, to, to really push past what what's being provided to you and ask deeper questions. And that's why I really appreciate that I did a PhD because it was very much, it was humbling. It was very humbling. It wasn't always easy. There was a lot of uh, teaching me to be independent because I had to figure out the research questions on my own for the most part. And I did have some help though from my advisors who are fantastic. I was very, very blessed to have advisors who care about their students on many levels. That's uh, very great. 
yeah, I, I attribute it a lot to them as well. And colleagues, I mean, you, you need to, you know, work well with those around you, especially because at least in this industry, the energy industry, it's a small, small world. So don't burn any bridges, make friends. <laughs> that's, that's really important as well. Awesome. It seems like that's a really great lesson to know before joining the industry. And I'm curious, were there any other lessons that you wish you would have known before joining the energy industry? I think I would have liked to have known I, not to stress too much. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it, it can affect your mental and physical health. Uh, so therefore, have work-life balance. It's, it's really about time management. You know, it's when you say there's no time for the gym, it's often, I mean, not always, but oftentimes it's really just you need to shift some things around and you can make it happen if you want it to happen. Mm. And again, the small world thing. Uh, also, uh, as far as lessons I wished I learned, I think those are those are the big ones. Awesome. And as you've sort of been learning on your job and, you know, progressing through your career, what would you say was your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to admit that there was a competition about four years ago in which I, we did not win first place. And mm -hmm. I was a bit of a sore loser about it. I'll be honest. I truly believed that we should have won first place. Um, and but at the end of the day, the judges are the experts. They have years of experience over us. So they see things we don't see. And furthermore, everything happens for a reason. So that not winning that, of course, led to other good things that I may not even know what they were right now. Uh, you know, whether it's making me more humble, whether it's making me realize that I should take these things more gracefully, uh, but everything, my biggest philosophy is everything happens for a reason. And that's what helps me get past struggles or unfortunate things that happened that were out of my control. I just tell myself that that phrase and it helps me not live in the past. Mm, awesome. And following on from that, what advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to join the same sector that you're in? I would say network a lot. Mm. That I think has been one of my strengths. I love networking. I love going to a lot of conferences and just um, social gatherings for the industry. And even in, even in the workplace, I really enjoy starting conversation with random strangers in the coffee or kitchen area or in the hallway. That's why I really missed the workplace working from home was not great for an extrovert like me. <laughs> so I would say networking is the biggest thing because you never know when you'll run into them again. And when they have a job opportunity for you, if you're looking for one, I'd also say study hard. Um, I wasn't always the best student and I think things would have been somewhat easier if I was so study. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> also, be humble, as I mentioned, and stay ambitious despite setbacks. Keep believing in your dreams, never get discouraged, and be open to change. There has been a lot of change in this industry, and we all know that, especially with renewables coming into the picture, and that has been giving a lot of people in the energy industry a little bit of anxiety as far as, well, do I still have a place in it? And I'm happy to talk about that more, but yes, there is a place for those have, who have been in the more traditional route. Awesome. And finally, about your career, what is one common myth about the energy industry that you would like to debunk right here, right now? 
That's actually a perfect segue <laughs> from what I just said, which is uh, basically the transition uh, due to climate change and due to this demand for cleaner energy. The, the myth is that oil and gas companies, which are now mostly energy companies because they are hybrid now, they have a mixed energy system or um, ambition. The myth is that they're destroying the planet and that we don't care about it. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, quite a myth. And I have to say that I think, if anything, the energy industry is very proactive when it comes to trying to help the planet, at least BP or formerly known as British Petroleum. They they really focus on providing light, heat, and mobility. They are helping us become more developed countries. They're bringing countries out of poverty. Mm-hmm. They really do a lot of donations you know, even even little things, the cafeteria at our main building, our headquarters, they don't throw food out at the end of the day from the kitchen. They donate it to local shelters. I mean, from the smallest things to the biggest things, they think about how can they help the planet and how can they help people. And then also, I would say that um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, if they're listening due to me being in the energy industry, they already know, but some others may not know, that we are some of the biggest investors in renewables. BP has a venture group that has acquired LightSource BP and a lot of other startups, including those in electric vehicles, wind, solar, um, really the entire space when it comes to renewables. But very importantly, also, we're doing CO2 sequestration and carbon capture. So we are going and capturing carbon from facilities that typically emit a lot of uh, carbon, such as, let's say, coal factories and other types of factories or facilities. And then we are pumping it back into the earth. Mm -hmm. So we are pumping it in depleted reservoirs is what they call them. And I'm proposing actually a new method that we can use, uh, which I just talked to the venture group about, and I think they're pretty excited. So I'm pretty excited and focused around my dissertation. So I'm proposing it as a new idea to BP and I hope it works out. But the point is that we can kind of reverse it. So that's exciting. That's great. And more about you. So aside from your work, what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you in your free time? So recently I read a little bit of Brene Brown. Uh, Mm -hmm. She also has a kind of a TED talk type thing on Netflix, if that's where someone wants to get started. Basically, she has great lessons on how to be fearless, how to be a leader in your industry, how to be brave. And I also like to listen to inspirational speeches on YouTube every once in a while. There's a lot of great things out there. I mean, again, Google, YouTube, we have so many internet resources that you can just look in anything that that you want something to inspire you, for example, on a specific topic even. Recently, BP or our line manager had us look at this TED Talk where this professor from Harvard talked about a lot of great things such as vulnerability in the workplace. And I'd love to share this one one interesting thing about this triangle she was talking about where typically people tell stories, good storytellers start in an upside down triangle, Mm. take this long path down until they get to their main point. They're kind of leading you along the way and it Great storytellers can do that, but oftentimes she recommends that you flip the triangle upside down and you present your main takeaways first, and then 
back it up with facts and details. Oh. And yeah. And she mentioned that that can be important for the workplace, um, especially when, let's say, in a meeting, someone along the way, along the path of your story gets the point before you get to it and they interrupt and say it as if it's their own idea. Now that's kind of a, maybe a worried way to look at it, but it happens. Uh, so you want your idea to be out there in the beginning. And she kind of made this comment about how, you know, women, how we get interrupted. I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. those are some good advice. Things. Good advice. Definitely. And it seems like in your life, you've had experiences with really great people who've had a positive influence on you, but who are three people who have been the most influential to you in your life? I would say my dad and my sister. And then the third, I want to say friends and colleagues because there hasn't been one that I want to say above everyone else, only because I feel that different people in your life serve different purposes. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many of them along the way just inspired me and gave me advice and were just big, big supporters, you know, cheered me on. And I would say specifically my dad and sister, it is nice that they're both in my industry. So I'm very fortunate there. Um, my dad is at ConocoPhillips, as I mentioned, and my sister is at ExxonMobil. Mm. I would say he give, he's like a mentor to me. He gives me a lot of advice on what to do uh, in my professional world. Not He doesn't teach me about technical things. It's more so general advice. And then my sister just has always inspired me. I mean, I always think she's smarter than me. She thinks I'm smarter than her. We just really look up to each other. Yeah. And it was inspirational how she got hired straight out of her bachelor's with this big corporation, ExxonMobil, where they typically require a master's for geology. And they put her in the research company and she just, she made a 3.99 GPA. I mean, I was very inspired by her and we really have each other's back. Awesome. So. That's really great. And then finally, to round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Only one piece. Yeah, <laughs> um, one piece of advice, I would say, let, let me think really quickly about that. Don't say yes to too many things. <laughs> Very useful advice, especially for people starting out in their career. I'm sorry. Oh, for people starting out yeah. in a career? Yeah. Uh, yes. Kind of similarly, choose wisely on which which things you take on, which competitions you want to participate mm -hmm. in, and don't stress yourself out. And Because if you take on too many things, basically some things will suffer, and it might be the more important ones that suffer. Yeah. So make sure you kind of think about maybe follow your gut feeling or ask advice from others that have already experienced those things to find out are they worth it. Um, also yeah. just, yeah, work hard. Don't, but don't stress, <laughs> be easy on yourself, especially mentally. Definitely. I definitely would agree. <laughs> and yeah, um, well that ends up our, our conversation for today. So thank you so much, Laura, for taking the time to speak with me. It was absolutely wonderful to have this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for reaching out. I really appreciate it. Of course. No worries then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.